This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, diesel is more expensive than gas for the first time in years, and prices are not coming down. In fact, Canadians are going to wake up to higher prices before the end of the week. Dan McTagg with Canadians for Affordable Energy breaks down how the crisis in Ukraine is impacting oil and gas across the world, and also provides some insight into Europe's complicated relationship with Russia. Neil Young is off Spotify officially after refusing to be on the same platform as Joe Rogan. Music expert Eric Alper helps us understand that the Canadian artist is making a risky move and the streaming world is looking to this as opportunity to take a stand and I don't want to be associated with because they're the biggest. Also on the podcast, Game Showy, our shift game show asking listeners and the team here to answer questions on prices of all kinds of things. This is the Shift Podcast. It's time to play... Game Showy! That's right! Welcome to Game Showy! It's your game show that includes show things that sound showy! Here is your host, Ryan O'Donnell! Oh, thanks, Shane. It's good to be back here on Game Showy. We have a special themed night of trivia for you. It's exciting. We're going to take a topic that we uh, get stressful talking about and make it fun. And that is the price of everything. Inflation is high. Everything's expensive. So let's do some trivia and see if you two, Brendan Kelly and Shane Hewitt, can get a grasp of what things used to cost and what they cost now. Shane, would you like to introduce the four categories of questions of trivia? That's right. Here on Game Showy, there are four categories. Thanks, Bob. Forgot to say that part. Price of food. Price of cars. Price of homes. And last but not least price of cool random crap that didn't fit into the other categories here's the rules and here's how this goes if you pick the right answer you will hear this sound amazing and if you get the answer wrong you will hear this sound we invite everybody to play along at home with Game Showy. Let's get going. Thanks, Shane. Excellent work. And as the host of the show, why don't you pick the first category of Game Showy? (sighs) Last time we played Game Showy, I I got kicked off the island and my torch put out. I did not do well. Um, So I'm going to start with something I feel comfortable with. My category is price of cars. Price of cars. Fantastic. Brendan, how are you feeling going into this? I can't afford a car. I don't know. It's a lot. Cars are a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. All right. right. I'm going to win. I got this. The most popular truck. Here's your question, Shane. Yeah. The most popular truck in Canada right now, and for a long time, has been the Ford F-150. Damn it. The starting basic price of the F-150 right now is $34,745. That is the cheapest you can get in a brand new F-150. So my question is, 
how cheap was it back when this was the ad for the F-150 1985? Wow. Of all the pickups on the market today, one carries them all. It's the leader, Ford. With the best gas mileage ratings of all the American-built pickups that can carry a big 2,500-pound payload. With more six-cylinder torque than any of them do. And as for the imports, Ford's got them in roominess as well as payload. And now check out Ford's base price compared with the little imports. Yes, for total value, Ford carries them all. It's America's best-selling pickup. Best-selling okay, pickup? Can I call a friend? No? Is that part of the rules? No, you can't. Uh, you can't. Okay, I'm gonna give you. Uh, okay. Take a guess. I'm, not, I'm good. I got. I, I'm it. good. I'm good. So thirty. So not what year was that? 1980. What? 1985 F150. How much was okay. the cheapest model you could get? The F150 is thirty five thousand dollars base model. Very very basic today. Uh, mm -hmm. Pretty sure that comes with four wheels. Uh, and so I'm gonna go backwards in time to 1985 uh, with um, eleven thousand five hundred. That is incorrect. <sighs> All right, Brennan, any guesses? I will go with a nice round 7,500. Oh, you are so close, but not close <clears throat> enough. I would have given it to you if you had gotten it within the $1,000 mark. Well, then I went and, both uh, we, we We have a winner <laughs> in the text line. I don't have a name with this text, but $8,995 Oh, that's that's almost exactly it. The correct ah, amount is the starting Willie. for the standard cab. Nice job, Willie. $8,563. That is how cheap Canadian. an F-150 cost in 1985. Wow. Yep. So no points. Okay, well, I'm not losing, wow. so this is good. That's no like points, so you're rent. not losing. That's my rent now. <laughs> $9,000. Yeah, right? Yeah. Isn't that, that's ridiculous. The, the Inflation crazy, man. All right, uh, Brennan Kelly, why don't you pick the categories? As a uh, reminder, okay. we've got food, yeah. price of homes, price of cars, and price of random cool crap. Uh, let's go with the price of random cool crap. Random cool crap it is. All right. So, Siberian sturgeon caviar is the most expensive food on the planet. It's nosed for its salty and earthy taste. It is insanely expensive. Can you guess how much a kilo would set you back in 2022? Oh, what is it? A kilo of caviar. The most expensive Ooh. caviar in the world. Uh, a, kilo. a kilo of caviar. Most expensive caviar in the world. $20,000. Oh. That is correct. What if I was going to guess? Wow. Then we have a tie. <laughs> really? It's correct. Here. I didn't You're even correct. cheat. Wow. Yeah. Normally correct. you cheat. No, well but done. I didn't. I just grabbed that out of what was going on in my brain. Uh, I uh, Judges, conspiracy. I didn't even get to make a guess. I could have agreed with it. We both could have got points. I was just no, really excited that's not that how you got it right. Yeah. No, it's, it's yeah. you get it right or you get it wrong. And there's no. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah. You had mm -hmm. premature answer relation going on there. All right. Well, my look, turn to Brendan, answer. Here's what I'll do, Shane. If you get the next question right, I'll give you a half point. So a little bit of an advantage in a tiebreaker scenario. Point behind me. How do I only no, get half no, point a point if I get and right? Half. Point oh, and a half. You. Sorry. What? No. Point and a half. Congratulations. We're going to give you less than you should get. Okay. Go. I got it. Okay. Yes. This is okay. good. This is going well for All me. Right. I feel good. I'm doing okay. Yeah, I you're feel still right. in it. Yeah. You're still in it. Okay. Uh, I feel like I. Please pick a yeah. category. 
I feel like I'm playing for the Montreal Canadiens right now. Um, my category is the uh, price of food. The price of food. All right. Okay. I'm going to uh, name a little grocery list for you here. Okay. And I'm going to tell you how much it costs right now. And I would like you to guess how much it cost <sighs> in a year, a, a long time ago. So okay. we got a pound of bacon, a pound of steak, some flour, sugar, coffee, onions, potatoes, a liter of milk, a dozen eggs, and some butter. It's pretty I standard. I supposed to follow. I can't even write it down that fast. Okay, first uh, of all, would you like- again, conspiracy. Uh, nobody buys a pound of meat today, like a pound of steak. It's, you, the prices are in kilos. So not only are you mm-hmm. asking me to remember backwards in time, but you're asking me to convert. This is a pretty standard grocery. This is 2008. Dude, you buy way. our groceries in a box. I'd like to point out that I'm not complaining about the rules. Yeah, Brendan's doing just fine. That's, Shane's getting feisty. Would you like to? Right. I can. I will gladly repeat that again for you. Well, you have to repeat it again. It's got like more okay. items on it than my grocery okay. list, and I have two okay. kids. Uh, I remember it. All right. So in two thousand and eight, <laughs> in two thousand and eight, a pound of bacon, okay. sirloin steak, sirloin flour, steak now, okay, mm-hmm. sugar, okay, coffee, onions, okay, okay. potatoes, uh-huh. milk, okay, eggs. And oh. butter. In okay, 2008, that 2008. cost, 2008, that cost $55 at the grocery store okay. to buy all that. How much do you think that cost in 1935? Oh, wow. We're going <sighs> way back. What was the cost in 2008? And it was $55. If you can get it in the, let's say, within $10, I will give you the point. Mm. Within $10. Oh, well, that's a good clue. No. Yeah, that's a clue. All of in that the sense in that if you're like $10 above or below it. That... Okay. All of that in 1935? Yeah. $14. I'm sorry, Shane. You are incorrect. <sighs> this gets better if Brendan... like we actually could see the list, though. Uh, yeah. Um... Yes. Well, radio. <laughs> Okay. Well, we can see it. That's cheating. Yeah, I just uh, want to point out I'm not complaining about anything. Um, <laughs> <Did> you? <laughs> this is where I want to start yeah. making fun of people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, well. $21. Also, way off incorrect. Mm. I'm going to check the text line here. The closest that anyone has come once again is from Willie, and that is seven dollars. Oh, the was correct gonna... answer was three dollars and fifteen cents. I was off oh. by eighty-five cents. <laughs> okay, whoops, that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how to work technology. Okay. No, I'm good. Yeah. That makes sense to me because he said off by ten dollars, and I was just like, well. He said, well, I was just going to say ten dollars. Yeah, I didn't Stuff think it would be that low. He could have okay. said ten dollars. Right. It's pretty low. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, low my, enough. All my, right. My record is as good as the Ottawa Senators. Okay. okay, Brendan Kelly, your turn to pick a category, my friends. You're up one nothing. Yeah. Um, and not complaining about anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> jerk. 
So we've done cars, we've done food. Uh, let's do the absolute unattainable for our generation, Ryan. Holmes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Holmes. All I'm right. I'm going to get this one. This one, I think, should be pretty easy. Okay. So we're going to talk about prices of Vancouver homes. Okay. Why do you. He lives in Vancouver. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but Shane, you talk. You're on a national show. You should. You should know this. The reason I chose Vancouver is because it's the most expensive housing market in Canada. It's the most volatile. It's crazy. So, right now, the average price of home of a home in Vancouver is one point three million dollars, which is just Jeez. ridiculous. Yep. Two thousand and ten, the year of the Winter Olympics. Like we're talking peak Vancouver here. What can you give me a ballpark answer of what the average price of a home was in 2010, 12 years ago? Average price of a home in 2010 uh, in a uh, rigged contest uh, that skews all of the questions to the guy who lives in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Um, My guess of that, without Googling, uh, I'm pretty sure I hear Brendan's keyboard banging away in the background. This Um, is my hands. You can see my hands. I'm going to say 695,000. Okay, good guess, good guess. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going, uh, uh, because of the way this question is framed, whoever gets it closest will win a point here. Okay. Uh, so say, say your answer one more time, Shane. 600 and how many? 695. 695,000, okay. I was going to say 750,000. 750,000? All right, well, Shane, you're back in the game, my friend. Shane is the closest... <laughs> The correct answer, actually, this surprised me, was five hundred and seventy-nine thousand dollars. A little bit cheaper. Only than ten I years ago, back then. Only ten Jeez. years ago. Yeah, and now it's gone That's up. Wild. Seven hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Government's doing real well, question. eh? Yeah. yeah things great. Are going well. Great job, everyone. Uh, I believe yep. it's Shane's turn to pick. Yep. Uh, we've worn one from each now, haven't we? Yep. Yep. So I'm going back to. I'm going to go to the price of cool random crap, please. Cool random crap. Okay. Let's talk about uh, uh, back uh, video games, okay? 2000s, early 2000s, the PlayStation 2 was the... uh was the big video game still one of the best uh, best selling consoles of all time. So right now, PlayStation 5. Uh let me get the launch here. I actually didn't write that down. Uh right now, the PlayStation 5. What are you looking down at, Shane? Like what do you My notepad no, just, I'm writing. Yeah, okay. He's oh, okay. Yeah. Typing yeah. away okay. on so, some sort of uh, device. The PlayStation 2 came out March 4th, 2000. Okay, cool. Shane, the current price of a PlayStation 5 is starting at $699. How much did a PlayStation 2 retail for in the year 2000? $179. Final answer. Big money, no whammies. Okay incorrect but again with the price range i will give it to whoever's closest pretty quick on the buzzer there big guy brendan oh, that's right yeah, i guess it's, just, it's my job i'm doing my job <laughs> I'm complaining about the contest which we are engaging in which uh is this the price of the playstation was uh 107 dollars Shane takes the point by being closer. The retail price was actually $299. The prices of video game consoles have actually stayed relatively close to inflation, which was I thought was kind of neat. 
Welcome back to this episode of Game Showy. In case you miss what we're doing, it's a game show uh, kind of about trivia that sounds game showy. With your final round question, here's your host, Ryan O'Donnell. All right, gentlemen, this is it. Everyone listening, I have a task for you. A&W combos are getting expensive. Fast Three, one general. adult, two teenagers, more than $40. Oh my God, what happened? Yes, it's expensive. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you an A&W ad from 1990. 1990. Your task is to guess the price of the combo advertised in Whole combo? this. Yes. So the promotion is if you buy fries and a drink, you get the burger for blank. Guess okay. How much the burger is? Okay, just the burger. Let's hear it. it. Just the burger. Let's hear it. Okay. Easy for this one, Charlie. <laughs> See the bear? Taste the food. The matzo burger, a pure beef patty, specially seasoned and covered with real mozzarella. Now for just oh. now for just. What the whole like, combo together is yeah. under ten dollars. The so whole how combo much together is that burger. Um, first of all, I would like to acknowledge tuba players everywhere for giving us that song. Um, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Boom, boom. Um, boom, 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 boom. Um, so the entire combo is under ten dollars, including the burger. How much is the burger? Mm hmm. Two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. Okay. okay, Brendan, I was gonna your say, guess. I'm going to give it to whoever's closest. Three eighty five. Shane completes the comeback and yes! takes the victory. That hey. burger cost. Oh yeah! Wait a minute. That's right. the wrong I... buzzer. It's a fair one. The winning buzzer can't be broken. Give a guy a chance. That's what happens when you put me in charge here of, of running the technology on the show. I'm going with my own. The text. Ah. No name. The correct answer is 99 cents. Oh. Like oh. In 1990. I was thinking there it was 99 cents. I was only yeah, six. 99 cents. <laughs> All right. Uh, we would like to acknowledge a couple of people uh, who have texted in and got a bunch of them right, actually. Uh, Catherine, Willie, Jacob, Steve, unnamed person. Um, who else is there? Jasper is on there, too. Thanks for playing along. Uh, D. Wayne is on there, too. Um, I like the one. I know how much a home costs because I bought one. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, there's a long list. If I missed you trying to scroll through, there's like a hundred and some text messages there. Uh, thank you very, very much for playing. Um, you, you want to sign off one last time? We should probably sign off one last time on Game Show. We should just, absolutely you know, show off. Yeah. I mean, sign off. That has been another episode of Game Showy. Join us next week as we come up with more questions that really make more sense as Brendan Kelly cheats his way to try to win. Oh, what happened? We broke it. <laughs>
There is so much going on around the world. I want to start this conversation with what is happening at home. Dan McTagg, Canadians for Affordable Energy, former Liberal MP, uh, all around <laughs> gassy guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, price of diesel for me and my my car, Dan McTagg, for the first time in a few years, is higher than the price of gasoline, man. Yeah. And, you know, diesel has remained, I'd say, since 2019, very close to the cost of gasoline. But uh, a couple of factors, uh, the desulfurization of diesel, uh, this mixture with um, international mandates called the IMO 2020, is the main reason why uh, diesel has remained extraordinarily expensive, sometimes ahead, but sometimes behind gasoline. But during the winter, there's no uh, there's no debate. Uh, diesel moves ahead of gasoline only because of diesel's use, not just as a proxy. Its demand is up. Vehicles tend to have to stay on a lot longer. Uh, trucks yeah. stay on longer. And more importantly, home heating oil. In a lot of places in eastern Canada and the United States, the Northeast, bought, think here of Boston. Much of what they're using there is still a good old-fashioned, uh, uh, you know, uh, furnace oil. And that's diesel. Yeah. Well, and it, so it would dollar eighteen. This is Alberta numbers for everyone who's not here. Dollar eighteen has pretty much been a pretty stable diesel price for a few years. Really, hasn't moved much. Up two cents, down two cents. Then all of a sudden, buck forty now. So this is the highest I've seen it in a, quite a while. And it's going to go higher. Uh, I would estimate between now and the end of winter, say the fifteenth of March, uh, as long as they're continuing to use number one. Uh, diesel which of course is used uh, to prevent gelling uh, which is different from number two uh, the reality is that you're going to wind up with uh, probably another eight to ten cent increase in fact um, just today and yesterday I've done a calculation for an up four and a half five cents for uh, pretty much all of Manitoba Saskatchewan Alberta BC interior for eastern Canada up almost 10 cents a liter so oh. Uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty bad, and it's uh, it's not going to get any better anytime soon. Buck fifty for diesel, though, man, that just yeah. is that's astronomical in my mind. Um, so, Dan, there's been a lot going on, and we can talk about um, we we can talk about you know Canada. We can talk about all kinds of things, and I love it when we chat. But I thought I'd throw this one at you. Uh, let's go international in this conversation today. Sure. And I'll start with a fundamental point of it. Now would be a great time to be energy independent, wouldn't it? When wow. <laughs> Russia is dancing in international uh, play, pressure plays and the power plays. And then you've got this pipeline from Russia to Germany that goes underwater that is complete, just needs to be certified. And what it's creating is a bit of a crossroads for not only Germany, but other countries in Europe. And should Germany suffer the economics, limitations on fuel, and all those other things out of the principles for what is happening in Ukraine? Now, regardless of the opinion of yes or no, this is going to squeeze energy in general around the world. Am I right or am I wrong? No, very much. You're correct. And it uh, isn't just the Russians that are playing the game. I think the Biden administration this week has indicated that they're desperately trying to find countries like Oman to make up the difference, uh, to find a way to offset uh, or alleviate. Uh, over the past month and a half, American LNG, liquid natural gas suppliers, have really been the, the saving grace for much of Europe. Uh, which would have been out of natural gas. Of course, Russia is saying, well, it doesn't have any more, but it wants long-term commitments. It wants, like Nord Stream 1, Nord Stream 2 to come into effect. 
and it wants to uh, continue to have that economic uh, whip over uh, Europe in a way that uh, Europeans may not have given much thought to just uh, you know a year or two ago. And so for that reason, uh, it isn't just a geopolitical pressure. It is very much a question of uh, demonstrating energy uh, domination over uh, a significant part of the Western world. Now, this is going to cause the dance, though. Everyone's going to be trying to move product from here and from there. And we can talk about, I suppose, two things. We can talk about how uh, the United States and other countries are going to try to deliver to Europe um, or uh, how Canada still can't get products out. This play uh, is now becoming something of a book. It has been you know, played so poorly. Uh, you've got Europe that has basically renounced over the past 20 to 30 years anything to do with fossil fuels. And I'm not just talking about use. Obviously, fracking has been banned in most of Europe, uh, natural gas and otherwise. Uh, the belief was that you could spend tens of billions of euros investing in solar panels and uh, in windmills. And all that is great, except when you don't have a lot of sun and you don't have a lot of wind, you wind up uh, making a bad situation worse, especially uh, in northern climates, uh, in the northern hemisphere during the death of winter. The United States has done and made the same tactical mistake. And it's not political as much as, as well, economic. Uh, the idea that you could somehow do uh, the same with less production of oil and gas has now put the United States in a very vulnerable position. And I would expect that Mr. Biden's numbers aren't low simply because people don't like him. They have a lot to do with the fact that there's a correlation in the United States between extraordinarily high energy prices and his government's policy on uh, you know, environmental, social and governance. So the world has taken a position that it can do away with fossil fuels, block pipelines, uh, continue doing in the United States what has been done in Canada for years. Uh, organizations involved with uh, trying to find cute ways to prevent um, product from getting to market, much less be produced. We have a very, very, very serious problem uh, when it comes to energies like oil and gas because of the replacement. There is no replacement that has been made in, a, in a, an appreciable way. Every time you and I fill up, uh, we have to know that less than half of what we're using on a daily basis is being found to replace that which we're using today. And if that's the play of the Greens and others, that's great, that's wonderful, except that we now see the effect everywhere across this country. By the way, starting in Toronto tomorrow, highest price recorded in Toronto uh, Friday morning. People mm -hmm. will wake up to a dollar fifty-two for a liter of gasoline. Now, of course, in BC, wow. they probably say, "Hey, <laughs> we'd love to have prices like that." But we haven't even started down this road of high taxation. So, where is this leading internationally? I think uh, the fact is, I think we need to look at a great reset in our thinking and not take this oil and gas for granted. And believe me, I'm not the guy who loves the oil and gas industry. I fought these guys like a son of a gun when I was a member of Parliament over competition issues. I was probably yeah. the most hated member of Parliament. My job is not to like them. My job is to recognize uh, what is obvious to everybody, reality. Without oil and gas, this world will grind to a, a very quick, cold, and sudden halt. Well, we are, um, it's a, we're at sort of a tip of a very perfect storm here. Um, there, there is the reality of you know things going sideways here very quickly and easily. So in your foreign roles, back where you're an MP, yep. was it foreign affairs? Is that what you did? Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah, I was number two yep. for the uh, 
consular affairs and uh, foreign affairs at the same time with uh, and had to face off with great people in my time too. Alex Semek yeah. be a good example. Well, so you, so I, we had some con- we have some conversations. We've made some amazing um, friends here on the shift that are basically the international fellows um, for. Wilfred Laurier and, and these guys, and these are the guys that that's what they study. They study this. And, and in the conversation with Dr. Devlin, he said, you know, I said to him, I said, is this the grounding of what real life really looks like, right? I mean, you've got Russia standing on the doorstep of Ukraine. Uh, Russia is spinning it that NATO's building troops. Uh, everyone else is looking at it, you know, a little bit more honestly, and that Russia's sort of moving in. And this is what life looks like and and we were told by dr devlin he said like shows of power and force are fundamentally what still happens and controls the world it happens in more places in the world every day we don't see it we live on a giant island separated from everybody we've got one neighbor and a this is a great rehearsal process uh, my words not his great rehearsal process for what canada might go through in regards to russia and uh, land claims in the north pole over minerals and not only that, uh, the reality is, is that this is the harsh reminder of this fluffy life we live where we have no grasp on reality of what life looks like if all of a sudden someone else decides to turn off our uh, oil and gas. Someone decides to turn off PPE. Someone decide anything we import, our internet for that matter, in some cases, if someone else decides that that's the case... We are more than left on an island like we've never known before. Yeah, and the war uh, or engagement is obviously no longer simply a question of demonstrating uh, one's military prowess. It now has gone and morphed into virtual cyber attacks. Uh, and yeah, foreign, foreign affairs. affairs. Saw that yeah. last week. I mean, global affairs was, was subject to a hack. Um, We've seen this play before. Uh, the United States was uh, was was hobbled by the attack on its largest col- pipeline, colonial pipeline, last May. We get examples of this over and over again. Uh, I think hegemony, the power that uh, that these countries exercise, is no longer as simple as uh, you know your 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 battle against mine. Who's bigger? Those things happen all the time. India at war with China, you know, through Kashmir. Um, you know, confrontations uh, that take place, uh, sorry, between India and Pakistan, Kashmir, uh, confrontations between India and China uh, that we saw last year. I mean, many people were killed in that uh, in that particular engagement. But it, it it doesn't allow Canada the comfort of saying, oh, that's someone else's problem. Now, I'm not talking here about isolationism. We share a very large border with Russia, like it or not, uh, over a water, a land mass, a water mass. Uh, and it would not be surprising, given what our grandparents have to do in establishing you know, distant early warning lines, to know that Canada would be vulnerable in a number of ways. And so for that reason, uh, we can't look at these issues with, you know, uh, with uh, sort of uh, sullen detachment and say, well, let's, uh, let's say it's a good thing or a bad thing. Should we be involved or not? I think for all of us, uh, it's, I think, time to get real. And when you have masterful bullies who've been around a lot longer than most of our leadership in this country, like Putin and others, we, I think, have to be far more careful that our foreign policy matches, uh, you know, a reality for many people as to what to expect. It's going to be a very rough couple of years. Hypothetical tinfoil hat, and I'm going to declare it to be a tinfoil hat so everyone knows this is just (laughs) Shane's brain doing what Shane does. 
Okay, so regardless of, you can follow the history of Trump and the banking and the investment and all those things. You can do that. That There's lots of documentaries and info pieces about where the money came from in the business of Trump beforehand. But hypothetically, um, I remember when everyone was like, oh, Biden, he's so much better. We don't have to deal with Trump anymore. And I, like, I'm not a fan of Trump as his morality by any means. But at the same time, uh, people who have been around this will recognize that the self-protectionism of uh, Make America Great Again was one of the uh, best uh, thefts of all from the Democratic Party in the States because the Democratic Party, uh, self-protectionism is is really a key of what they do down there. It's one of the pieces that's grossly missing yeah. with that same uh, leaning party that is our liberal party of today, different from when you were a part of it. Yeah. But so the the difference there is that. So hypothetically, I say that to establish this is just a theory. Imagine this as being a thing. And you tell me how wild this is. So uh, Putin recognizes uh, Trump has all kinds of vulnerabilities in regards to business and so on. So they also recognize that he is uh, he, he's more uh, into the, the media and selling stuff than he is anything else. And, you know, he sold a lot, good and bad, to improve America's economy when he was the president. And the ability to identify that early and know that his foreign affairs was dreadful. Russia noticed that they took full advantage of that. And now that he's out, there are fractures of relationships with other countries around the world. There are fractures with countries like Germany and France, where there was all kinds of pissing matches and disputes inside Europe. It is possible that we are starting to see fractures of alliances and allegiance with the Western world, at least with the United States is it possible that Russia is seeing that, taking full advantage of that? Because we are starting to see other countries uh, sort of turn a blind eye here. Yeah, well, look, Germany is saying no, uh, no weapons through our country transiting to, you know, to Baltic states uh, or much less Ukraine. Um, you know, we see economically that uh, the UK and Europe have uh, parted ways through Brexit. Uh, so there's all sorts of opportunities to, you know, undermine the great vision of Charlemagne <laughs> of a united Europe um, and, and to reverse, or at least to play this. I, I recall on a couple of occasions uh, being in, uh, in Europe in, in Brussels and having, you know, uh, some of the uh, uh, putative uh, opposition leaders in Russia show up saying, you know, Europe, you're nothing. We we're, we're playing you like fiddles. There is a, a very significant creative, uh, uh, tension between uh, Europe and, and Russia, and it's not new. Uh, and there are old and new alliances. Uh, France is very good friends with Russia. Serbia, of course, uh, no, 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 uh, uh, no, no secrets there. But is does it create uh, an era of instability? It can if we now recognize that Europe is on its knees, literally, when it comes to energy. Uh, you know. Russia has really the keys to the kingdom. And I'm not talking about oil here, but of course, uh, when it comes to natural gas, which can be used for many other things, the European Commission has now come out and said, hey, guess what? Nuclear and natural gas go hand in hand with our green ambitions. They're not the things that they're not, we don't demonize these things as we did, uh, you know, five, 10, uh, 20 years ago. And so Russia, in many respects, has what uh, Europe so desperately needs. And it's for that reason that uh, playing one off against the other isn't as hard a thing to do. Um, of course, we all know what, what a cretin that Putin is, but he's uh, he's play, perhaps playing this masterfully. And he is likely to get some concessions 
such as perhaps a chunk of uh, the Ukraine, perhaps uh, a willingness uh, by uh, NATO not to push the idea of uh, Ukraine into NATO. That's, you know, a, a fairly significant issue. There is another factor here that no one really talks about, and that's Russia does not have access to fresh water. And this is a big, it has its own, but certainly not the way it, uh, it, it has, and it has access to the Baltic, the Black Sea, et cetera. But it does not have uh, what it uh, so clearly yearns, and that's the ability to, uh, to get access to clean, fresh water to the extent that it needs, especially in the western part of that country. And that's, that's a, an issue that often gets overlooked. <clears throat> I um, when I from my brain, I remember I wrote it was in before twenty uh, year two thousand. You know the wars, the wars of the future will be fought over dirt. Mm. They will be fought over water, and they'll be fought over time. And um, and uh, you know I stand by that. Um, that China. wars wars will be fought over you know efficiency time. You're getting in our way. Um, they'll be fought over like the internet to me is time, time spent. Right. And, um, and then you fresh water and and then you've got, you know, and when I mean dirt, I didn't mean dirt as in like this sort of geography of a map topographically, like we would look at in the past, but more so for the minerals that are beneath it. Yeah. 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 Of course. And access to uh, precious metals, cobalt, lithium, I mean, copper, take your pick. I mean, all of those are now I mean, my goodness, I brought uh, 120 pounds of copper to the scrappers the other day and got five and a half bucks a pound from a house that we were uh, we were trying to re- re- refit. Of course, I'm just using uh, um, a pl- plastic or what they call it, tight or something like that. In any event, uh, the, the reality is that the world is now looking at a surge in these kind of, uh, in, in these kind of minerals. And it's uh, it's likely that Canada would be otherwise in very good position if it wasn't too busy selling off its assets and companies that have uh, uh, created uh, you know uh, you know the best practices and international practices in terms of exploiting resources in a environmentally and uh, and, and labor uh, you know infused uh, uh, way that uh, that guarantees uh, that we are doing things in a in a responsible way. And so I I have a feeling that. Uh, you're right on the dirt, uh, uh, precious metals, and more importantly, rare earth minerals. Uh, all of the things that uh, Canada could do but can't do, won't do, um, not without massive subsidies. Hmm. I um, we should do a whole thing on cobalt. By the way, <laughs> yeah, we could spend hours talking about of uh, Congo of the Congo versus yeah. cobalt Ontario. Yeah, yeah we have like yeah. There, there's cobalt in Canada. People don't know that. We got we got a town here in Ontario. It's uh, part of Tri Town. Uh, up in New Liskard, um, uh, cobalt been there for years, but that's been used to a large extent for uh, for medical cobalt. But uh, I'm I think you and I are both going towards the other direction, which is how in good goodness name are we going to be able to exploit five times more than what we need right now? It's not happening overnight, and uh, Canada has a choice. Yeah. Man, all right. Uh, thanks so much, Dan McTagg. Uh, Canadians for Affordable Energy is the um, is the uh, website to check it out. Um, you know, the fun thing about it is this is this is a stand for Canada. This is not even a stand for the energy industry. It's not even a stand against anything. In fact, it's a stand for responsible everything. And I think that that's a pretty uh, safe way to look at it. Thanks for being here, bud. Really appreciate it. Great to be here, Shane. Thanks for having me. Cheers. This is the Shift Podcast. Well, it finally happened. Most people don't know that not everybody uh, goes on Spotify for free. 
right? Like some of us, if I put a song out on Spotify right today, you know, some of my spoken word writing, it basically goes on Spotify and I get the standard artist agreement. I don't get to choose how much money I make. Well, if I'm Madonna, I might get to negotiate what that is. If I'm Taylor Swift, I can probably negotiate what my stream rate is. Well, with the podcast world, Spotify actually pays people. So when the Shift podcast goes on Spotify, it just goes there. We don't get paid for that. They're just nice folks who give people access to it. Well, if you're Joe Rogan, you get a $100 million payday to go on there to exclusive. They don't even own the podcast. They have exclusive rights to distribute the podcast. Think Howard Stern, if you will. And um, with all of that, and with everything that Joe Rogan has shared on his podcast, there has been some wild misinformation that has been shared on that podcast. Um, All you have to do is look at, say, NFL quarterbacks with the last name that rhymes with Schmodgers as an example of how some information has been taken and misunderstood. Now, I'm not bashing on Joe Rogan's podcast. I actually quite thoroughly enjoy it. Um, But when it comes to his uh, coverage on COVID, he has been working, I would say, harder at getting more clicks and more listens than he has at being in integrity and accurate. Now, that being said, that's the storyline in the background. That being said, Neil Young had enough. Neil Young went to Spotify and said, you choose Neil Young or Joe Rogan. Maybe Neil Young didn't know the fact that Spotify had already paid $100 million. The cheaper alternative is to kick Neil Young to the curb. They made the decision. To join us to converse about all of this is Eric Alper, that Eric Alper on the Twitter and uh, other socials. You can find him very quickly and easily. Uh, Music, I'm going to call you a nerd more than I call you an expert because that is accurate. (laughs) It is accurate. Um, And, you know, one day, one day you and I will both be at the $100 million level that Spotify will gladly pay to not be on their on yeah. their their podcast. Yeah, Isn't but you you've got it. You pretty much have it nailed. And as of a couple of hours ago, no Neil Young on Spotify. Um, not surprising, um, but surprising that nobody else has come to the forefront to uh, to battle with Neil Young against Spotify. And there are so many reasons for this. Well, so there are all kinds of artists, I'm sure, that agree or disagree. And just to be clear in this conversation, we're not taking a pro-COVID, pro-vax, anti-vax card. Right. That's not what this is about. Totally. Um, you get it's got to nothing choose. to do with that. No, we have our belief systems about what's good and what's bad, and I'm vaccinated, I'm not vaccinated, whatever. That's great. I have my belief systems too. We need to be able to talk about these conversations beyond just that. And that's what this intention is here. So there aren't a lot of artists that have stepped in with uh, Neil Young in this. Now, Neil Young, though, is not clear politically either in some of the other stance he's taken too. So are we starting to see are artists taking the money or are they just doing the disassociation? I don't want to be connected to that guy. Let's do both. Okay. And let's, let's just assume that it's never as black and white as it seems, at least on paper or in a tweet, because it's never like that. And I think that's the issue. Look, Neil Young also has a 
music streaming service himself that is available on his website with a higher resolution audio, which means that it sounds better. Um, it's deeper. So it's not like that. You can't find Neil Young's music anywhere. You can still find it on various places where you used to be able to get his music, such as Apple Music or iTunes or YouTube or even his website. So it's not like that he has pulled his music available and taking the ball and going home with that. All he's saying is, and it has nothing to do with censorship. If Spotify chooses to want to make money off of the misinformation that he believes that Joe Rogan is leading when it comes to COVID, he just doesn't want a part of it. Um, and the reason why I think there's not a lot of artists who are, who are standing with that is I think that they're just terrified. First of all, very few of them actually have the rights to control their music anyway. Once you're an artist and you sign on with a record label, they have the authorization to distribute that music to the various places where we all consume music. The artists rarely have the say in any of that. Um, so Neil Young actually does. He has mm -hmm. enough power to say, I want my music off of certain places or I want my music off of certain places. And, and here we are. So part of it is just a battle that I don't think a lot of artists could do. Could Madonna, Billie Eilish, Taylor Swift, um, Olivia Rodrigo, could they all start pulling their music from Spotify? Absolutely. Will it cause ripples? For sure. Will it change Spotify's mind? Not a whit. So I want to go two places with this. First of all, backwards in time, it took an awful long time for Prince and Metallica as two easy examples to even get into the online game. So it's not the first time we've seen artists say, this is not set up properly. So th this is, should not be absurd. Another thing about Spotify to keep in mind is Spotify is not a North American company. Right. So Spotify was set up in Europe where music laws were different. It was the ask for forgiveness, not permission model yeah. in most countries right. with licensing. So they started under European rules and they've had to adapt to other rules after the fact. But they had so much power and leverage by the time they were negotiating the ask for forgiveness. They really had all the cards in the deck. Yeah, and record labels have and rights holders have been through this so many times. You figure that this industry that I love and that I am a part of, and I know that you were a part of for a long time, you figure that they would get a handle on it by now, but they don't. They were backed into a corner with iTunes and Apple Music, um, forcing um, them to lower their prices per song. Record labels were fine charging $35 for CDs for years and years and years. And then Apple comes along and iTunes comes along and forces the record labels hands to say, if you want them, our, you know, your music on the world's biggest platform, you cannot sell a song for more than $1.29. And that forced the record labels hands. They did this with Napster where you know, the MP3 and the illegal downloading caught the industry by surprise. It was too fast to put everything back into the bottle again. And, you know, they kind of got a little bit weird and, and, and screwed out of all of those profits too. So Spotify comes along extremely powerful, um, but not without, not without knocks in the armor, you know, um, for a long time, some of the biggest artists in the world didn't have their music on there because they just didn't want to have that little payment um, royalty to them. Um, Taylor Swift, uh, Garth Brooks, ACDC. Uh, you know, there's so many artists that that didn't 
that just didn't want to play the game. But those were artists that realistically, they didn't really need the money. Um, and so the power was back on their part in order to decide if they want to be on it. With Neil Young, it seemed like he's actually taking a stand because in the last couple of months, he'd been very vocal about where America specifically is when it comes to um, concerts and venues. In fact, one of the big festivals that Neil Young organized, Farm Aid, Neil didn't even attend this year because he didn't want it to be deemed as a super spreader for COVID. So at least he's putting his money where his mouth is, you know, in some cases of it. But good for him for actually standing up for what he believes in, because not too many artists actually have the power to do that. Maybe some lessons learned from the uh, Enviro stance and leaving his diesel buses running at nighttime. Um, and <laughs> yeah. that news from years ago, right? I mean, there was a lot of hypocrisy in what he did uh, around some of those stances that he took. And I think he got caught, maybe a bit of an education on, by the way, if I'm going to do this, I have to be beyond reproach here. Like, we need to be in integrity if we're going to say this. He seems to have done it. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of days ago, it came out that for the first time in music history, catalog and older songs are more consumed this year or last year in 2021 than new songs. So songs that are 18 months and older. Part of that is that when you look at Queen, Led Zeppelin, Fleetwood Mac, um, Genesis, The Stones, The Beatles, The Who, most of those artists stood for something. They came from the era of the 60s and the 70s where they had to take a stand. They weren't shy of giving their opinion. Now in the days of social media, if you're an artist, you can tweet something that's taken the wrong way and have your career derailed forever. Um, you could have radio stations essentially not boycott your music, but just choose not to play it. Um, the censorship idea, I think people are just using it as a as a as a you know, let's paint everybody with the same brush, but it's, right. it's not censorship whatsoever. Spotify is a private company. They have the ability to do whatever they want to do with their company. If they want to pay Joe Rogan a hundred million dollars for five years, they have every right in the world to do that. But some of these newer artists, they just don't have the power or I think the strength more importantly to stand up and say, I don't want my music on Spotify because of, Joe Rogan, simply because they need Spotify. You know, this is the new way of consuming music for the next decade, at least. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And and uh, that doesn't even touch on like, free speech and providing all sides to listen to. Uh, so it's remarkable, the look. I mean, Eric Clapton is another example of an artist that has been um, said that he's not going to play a venue that requires proof of vaccination. If your venue requires proof of vaccination, you don't get my concerts. So, um, you know, there are both sides to this inside that inside that older world. And and I, I'll offer you this. Here's a little radio programming tactic. When I had my music um, uh, for business company, this yeah. is the number one thing that I would always say to all of the clients that I consulted for, which was in the hundreds. It was very simple, is that in times of recession, go backwards in time for music. People will always go backwards in time. When the economy is uh, recessing, that is when you go backwards in time to better times. And that's where the music always leads you. Yeah, absolutely. And look, and we haven't even touched on the fact that where do you draw the line? You know, So you've got Neil Young versus Joe Rogan. 
are there artists out there that are willing to pull their music because they know that there are bands who that are made up of white supremacist members or right. that they beat up their girlfriends in Absolutely. past relationships. And in fact, back in 2018, Spotify had a hate content and hateful conduct policy that they started removing artists such as R. Kelly and other artists that were being, um, you know, charged legally with some very bad things. Rightfully so, they had every right to remove that stuff. But the public consciousness came fast and furious for them. Where do you draw the line? Do you draw it at, let's say, do you start taking Michael Jackson's music away, even though he was found innocent? Do you take away Led Zeppelin because they all seemingly had underage sex with women back in mm -hmm. the 60s? Do you, where do you actually say, you know, because <laughs> quite frankly, this industry, if you removed everything that was bad morally yeah. about art, you wouldn't have a platform, you know, there you could find something about everybody. So this could open up a really big can of worms for Spotify, or I think like most things, it could very well disappear in 48 hours because nothing sticks. Nothing sticks. Well, Morgan Wallen is a great example. Yeah. Uh, he said some uh, uh, dreadful things and uh, Saturday night live pulled him. Yeah. He was supposed to be on Saturday night live and his tuning, uh, in America skyrocketed. He's gotten more popular because yep. those people who side with what he says and the whole, you can't cancel this artist. Those people who are siding with him all have bought his CD physical. They have purchased those, the, you know, the merchandise that was available. They bought tickets to the concert. They have defied what we all thought cancel culture really is which is that you just disappear for moral reasons and that's just it well you know morgan wallen just told us that even if radio doesn't play your song you can kind of creep back into it and become 2021's biggest selling album of the year over adele over taylor swift over everybody else his dangerous the double album with the biggest selling record of the year and nobody wanted to admit it eric alper that Eric Helper on the Twitter, if you want to follow along, uh, music, uh, well, you have music rap, music expert, music nerd, uh, all of the things, all of the list of all, all the, the things, things. Um, been around for a long time. And uh, I really appreciate you being here, man. It's great insight. It's also very grounding here in this conversation. Um, the cool part is, and let's leave everybody with this idea. Yeah. It's your, it's also your choice. Right. If you don't agree with what Spotify is doing, then don't give Spotify your money. Absolutely. And if you if it doesn't bother you and you're just sort of meh about it, then make your decision accordingly or vice versa. If you think that, you know, whatever they're up to is the right way to go, let your dollars do uh, the talking. I will say this. There's probably one statistic that they're looking at at Spotify right now. One, new subscriptions, cancellations. Absolutely. And they're going to look at that very, very closely the next 72 hours before either A, that this story goes away, or B, it starts to heat up in everything. Follow the money. That yep. is what is going to make this Absolutely. decision happen. Well, I can tell you this. If there's $100 million of annual cancellations... They can give it to us. They'll they can change give it to the, you. They'll <laughs> give it to us. That's right. And they, they will change their tune. You watch. So we'll see. Uh, Eric Alper, thanks, bud. Great to see you. Thanks for having me, Shane. Great talk to you. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.